Hello, and welcome to this week's episode of the Tiger Shulman Smithtown Podcast. I'm Sensei James Leonelli, owner and head instructor of Tiger Shulman's here in Smithtown. I'm here once again in my home recording space, ready to give you guys a little more food for thought and uh, kind of build off of the idea that we spoke about last week. So last week, I talked about the importance of self-defense. Well, this week, I want to talk about the mindset of self-defense. Just the difference in the way that people look at the world when they do, in fact, know how to defend themselves. I talked about this uh, silly anecdote recently. I don't remember if it was last episode or the episode before. But uh, it happens frequently when a, a parent is nervous about signing their child up to learn how to defend themselves. They think, like, because the child knows how to defend themselves, that they're going to start punching and kicking everyone and everything for no real reason. When usually the exact opposite is true. Are there flare-ups every now and again? Of course. Uh, you know, with, with, the, with the small percentage of kids, that is. When I say flare-ups, that's what I mean. But more often than not, what happens is there's a reality to self-defense, to punching and kicking, that people who know how to defend themselves understand. And because they understand that reality, they are much less likely to play around with punching and kicking. Uh, at least in a way that would actually do harm. I mean, I'll, I'll use myself as an example. I've been doing this for well more than half my life, two-thirds of my life at this point. And, you know, while I goof around my wife and be silly, sure, I'll, you know, grab her in a single leg and hold her leg up in the air. I'll pick her up in a takedown position. But I'm never going to do anything that will put her in any kind of harm's way, of course. Right. I digress. To get back to my point, parents worry that their kids are going to become violent, that their kids are going to suddenly start punching and kicking, thinking that that person will look at everything as a nail because suddenly they are the proverbial hammer. But nothing can be further from the truth. Instead, what learning to defend yourself really does is give you an appreciation for the reality of self-defense, the reality of combat. Now, this will take me to another little anecdote from a few years ago. It's funny, I was just reminded of this with a conversation uh, with a few of my students the other night. We were talking after classes, and um, there was uh, this story came up in the course of that conversation. There was a woman who signed up in my school a few years ago. Uh, she was a postal worker by trade. As a matter of fact, ironically enough, she um, delivered the mail to my school and then subsequently signed up. You know, oh, do you have adult classes? Yes, and then subsequently signed up from there. But nonetheless, uh, her name not important for the story, but what was funny is she was really looking to get in shape. That was her key thing, is she wanted to get the, uh, the workout aspect of kickboxing, which most people do. But the thing is, when most people come in for kickboxing, I want them not only to get the workout, I want them to understand the value of self-defense, and I want them to be thinking about self-defense while they're doing it. Now, this accomplishes two things. Number one, it allows the person to have a workout that doesn't feel like a workout. Because when you're doing a workout that is only there to give you the workout, it sucks, right? It's very hard to get through mentally. 
You find yourself bargaining to, for ways to end it sooner and so forth. But the other thing that it does, you know, in addition to giving the person a workout that is, doesn't feel like a workout, is it teaches them one of the top five most important skills in the world. I mean, the first three we've all heard, reading, writing, arithmetic. You can't get through our society in, in, in any way, shape, or form without understanding those three. Then you need swimming. Swimming is kind of obvious for a person living on an island. But moreover, 70% of the Earth's surface is covered in water. And what is swimming but self-defense against the water, right? You have to be able to take care of yourself if you find yourself in water. But that brings me to number to the fifth thing on that list, self-defense. The rest of the world that isn't covered in, in water is covered in land. And that land is covered in over 7 billion people. And not all of them are nice. And odds are you may find yourself in an altercation sooner or later. And that's okay, so long as you know what to do. So back to my anecdote. So woman comes in, and again, she's only really looking for the workout part of what I do. And as I'm segueing in my orientation with her into self-defense and it's important and all those things, she almost cuts me off in kind of a scoffing way and says, assaulting me is a federal offense. And I looked at her and I said, well, assault is already a felony, so if a person is willing to commit a felony, what would stop them from committing a federal offense? And she kind of looked at me quizzically and kind of laughed it off like, oh, you know, uh, I still don't think that's important. She didn't say those words, but that's what her body language and posture did. And again, she never really took that aspect of her training as, as though it were that important. Now, I know the reality of self-defense in terms of statistics. What I mean by that is this. I know that people who know how to defend themselves usually don't have to. Why? They carry themselves more confidently. People notice that they don't look like a victim, right? If you think about it, when you go into a store, and I'm sure you guys have been in stores like this, especially recently I've noticed it, that every time I go into the Home Depot by my house, there's a person from a solar panel company. Now, ironically, I happen to be their customer already, but every time that I'm in the store, I do everything I can to not look like I want that, that salesman to come talk to me. Invariably, they, they usually find a way to strike up a conversation. And I, within seconds, tell them, I'm already your customer. I have your panels on, on my roof. But nonetheless, if we think about that in terms of self-defense, you know what it looks like when someone looks aggressive. I, I've been saying this to my class this week, and it's an important idea. We've all looked at someone and gotten that feeling in the pit of our stomach. That, mm, this person troubles me some way or somehow. And it's good that we're human enough to understand that feeling, to know that that's a thing. Right? That's a big deal, knowing, trusting our instincts in that way. When, someone, when you get that vibe from a person, so often people try to, you know, like, uh, scoff it off and look at it like, they shouldn't trust that instinct or they should be nice or whatever other word they might think of it for you. Like, oh, you know, don't worry about that feeling. No, trust that feeling. That feeling's a good one. I mean, 
I, I hate to compare people to dogs, but when I look at like, and I'm sure we can all relate to this, you guys have all seen dogs around people who don't like dogs. It's funny how, you know, my dogs tend to give the person who doesn't like dogs at the party, they tend to give that person a little bit of space. I mean, Slade, my furry co-host, he loves everybody when there's a social gathering. So long as I've let them in the house and he knows they're an okay person because I've let them in the house, he loves everybody. But he, he can tell the people who don't like him. And those people, he'll give a little bit of a, a little bit of breathing room. Well, it's the same when it comes to self-defense. We know when someone sketches us out a little bit. And if they do, there's nothing wrong with giving that person a little bit of space. See, again, this is a reality of self-defense. Not that we're necessarily going to get into a physical altercation that with everybody that gives us that feeling, but the reason you're getting that vibe off of that person is probably authentic. Again, that doesn't mean that everyone's going to come up and assault you, but by all means, why not trust that instinct? It, it, if you thought about it for a second, you realized how many people commit assaults, commit muggings and these type of things. If you think about that, you realize there was probably multiple times in your life you walked past somebody who did something like one of those things I described. So why didn't they do it to you? And there's a number of reasons. I'm sure maybe uh, you know they weren't in that mind space or you know maybe they weren't looking for a victim at that time. But there's also a really important idea that it may have been. It may have been that you didn't look like a victim. What does a victim look like? Let's start with that. Unaware, intimidated, and unwilling to ad admit, acknowledge the fact that self-defense may be a reality for them. If you're like me and you watch clips online or on the news of people who got into altercations or had to defend themselves, one thing you see very frequently is one person being very, very aggressive and the other person having no acceptance of the fact that this angry or aggressive person might well assault them. It seems so far out of their, their mindset that a person could assault them that they don't even consider the reality of what could happen. And they make so many critical errors based on that faulty assumption. And it's hard if you're a person who doesn't consider yourself violent or uh, you know, has given no thought to self-defense would probably be the better way to think about that. It's so hard to wrap your brain around the feeling that someone might just be angry or irate for next to no reason and use that to get aggressive. Whether they have nefarious intentions of mugging you or whatever, or they're just they're intoxicated or any other number of other reasons they, they might be someone who's going to commit an assault. But the reality is that they could assault you. Right? Just because someone's mindset isn't the same as our own doesn't mean it doesn't exist. Right? If you think about it, you can totally relate to this when it comes to your favorite food. Whatever your favorite food is, you have met somebody in your life who doesn't like your favorite food. And when you look at them as they say to you, I, I don't care for that, 
you look at them like there's something wrong with them, like they're a damaged human being. Because you cannot wrap your mind around the mindset that doesn't like your favorite food. And we're talking about no different of an idea here. Someone who, who doesn't accept the fact that self-defense is a reality, they can't wrap their head around the fact that somebody might assault them. That's like the first baseline in the self-defense mindset, is accepting the fact that it could happen. Not that it's definitely going to, not that you're 100% going to be assaulted in your life, but the reality is that it's a possibility. It's not off the table. And because of that, we should treat our, our mindset and build our mindset in such a way that we're helping to be ready for that. I mean, think about it. We've all dealt with aggressive people in our life, even if it's just an aggressive salesman. And it's funny, sometimes you don't even see them coming, right, f visually or in terms of, uh, of what they're saying. And, and somehow they, they kind of meander their way into you know, exactly what they wanted. But let's stay with the, with the physical idea of self-defense here for a minute. If we're talking about self-defense mindset, it starts with something I did a whole podcast on a while ago, and that is awareness. Being aware of your surroundings. Knowing where the closest person is to you. Are they paying attention? What's their body language telling you? Where are their hands? Are they getting closer or further? Are they speeding up or slowing down? There's so many things that you can tell about a person's intentions just by analyzing their body language a little bit. Just like we know that salesman is coming up intending to sell us and we can tell just by their body language and facial expression, we know that's coming, well, then we should certainly uh, move the other way in terms of, of what we're doing self-defense-wise. We see that person who is exhibiting all this aggressive behavior and body language, well, trust that instinct. Cross the street. Go wider down the, the sidewalk. Whatever you need to do to give yourself comfort. Now, awareness being the first step. So now, let's talk about what I, I just got to there a little bit. And that will be the second thing to be mindful of. And that is distance. That's the thing that when you see someone on the news who gets sucker punched or whatever, that's the second mistake that they make is in terms of once they found themselves with an aggressive person, once they found themselves with someone inside their bubble, they did not mind their distance. Why is it called a sucker punch? People think that the sucker punch means that the person who, who uh, does get punched is, or rather the person who throws the punch is the sucker. Like they're, they're going to try to, like they did the wrong thing. Well, why'd you let the person that close? I'm not victim blaming, of course, but we have to realize that we can read someone's tendencies and body language enough to know when someone is aggressive. So if someone's aggressive, then what should we do? We should mind our distance. We should keep ourselves far enough away where we can see all of their extremities and we can see it when they're moving forward. We should maintain that distance. And if the person tries to close it, we should open it. 
See, the first attack, people think about this, the first attack is not the first punch that's thrown. The first attack is the person stepping close enough to where they could punch you. That's the first attack. Because why is the person closing the distance? They don't want you to see the punch coming. So, we should be very conscious of it and maintain our distance. So now I'm making the assumption that at this point, the person is in our space. Now, once that person's in our space a little bit, we have to use our judgment. Now that we, the person is not mindful of our distance. Use your judgment. Is the person tuned out and unobservant? Are they staring at their cell phone, have their earbuds in, and have no idea that another human being is there? Okay, that's one situation. Right. Or, are they aggressive? Are they in that space aggressively? If they're in that space aggressively, then we've got to move to the next thing mindset-wise. And that is watching tendencies. What do I mean by that? What does the person look like they're doing? Can I see their hands? Right? If they're hiding their hands, okay, create more distance. That's a big, that, that could be a bigger problem potentially. Is the person gesturing? Are they talking with their hands? That tells you two things. Number one, like me, they're Italian. Number two, their gestures often give away which hand they are, is their dominant one, I should say. A righty tends to gesture with their right hand. A lefty tends to gesture with their left. How does that help you? Well, if they're gesturing with their right hand, move away from their right hand. Because that's probably the punch they're going to throw first. Circle to their left, your right. That's going to help you not only create distance, but it's going to get you away from their preferred weapon. Right. What other tendencies should you know? Should you note? Where where are their eyes? Where are they looking? Are they locked into a specific part of your body? Are they staring at your head? Are they staring at your stomach? Are they staring at your wristwatch? Be mindful of their eyes. Are they moving forward at consistent speed? Are they closing the distance as you're opening it? Now, that person continues into that space aggressively. You've noticed their patterns. You notice they're stepping in on purpose in an aggression fashion. Warn them. Warn them. Let them know, I can't let you close. Stay back or else. Give them that one. And while you do that, open the space back up. If they continue beyond that, if they walk in, even after you've warned them and told them to stay far away, you are well within your rights to defend yourself. And as well you should. But with that in mind, that brings us to the, to the next thing. Don't stay engaged in an altercation longer than you absolutely have to. All right? Sometimes you hit a person once, they realize they're getting resistance, they run. That's the best case scenario if the situation gets physical. But why get tied up with that person for longer than we have to? There's no need. Now, obviously, I, I delved pretty quickly into what we're thinking if it gets physical, but we can keep this mindset in, in so much more of what we do. Right? If you think about it, often you do these kind of things when you're driving. You leave yourself an out. You don't let yourself get boxed in. Right? You're aware of, of your surroundings. Well, you would do all of these things in self-defense. Now, think about it. If, if you're 
a person who's thinking about self-defense, you're not walking out of the mall with your head down buried in your phone and your earbuds in turned up full blast and not aware of anything that's going on around you. That doesn't mean that you don't wear your earbuds. You just don't turn them up that much that you can't notice what's going on. You don't bury your head so far down that you don't notice what's going on. You keep that mindset of awareness because that's your first step. Right? Then you be mindful of your distance. That's your second step. That's the second part of your mindset. And accept the fact that if someone is breaking that distance aggressively, that there is a reality of the fact that they might try to assault you. That they are willing to throw punches and kicks if they're in that point. If you have that as a reality in your mind and you know mentally that that's something that could potentially happen, not that it's definitely going to, not that every night your life's in danger, but that if you find yourself in that situation, it is a reality, and just because it's the law that they can't assault you doesn't mean that the person won't assault you. If you have accepted that as something that is fact, you'll react differently. This is why I believe everybody should learn how to defend themselves. Because it allows you to look at the world a little differently. It allows you to think about things in a smarter fashion. It lets you understand why you should be aware. And then things like noticing which hand a person's gesturing with become second nature. Noticing that, okay, I should circle away from that hand. Second nature. Instinctive. Right? Learning what a body looks like when it's gearing up to throw a punch becomes instinctive. It just becomes something that, like I said, it's reality to you. And that's the first step of the mindset. Once that happens, then everything else will fall into place from there. Accept that mindset and then get your training. Learn how to defend yourself so that everything else will become second nature as well. So this week, as you're going through it, practice the things I said. Be aware. Be mindful of your distance. As you're talking to people, aggressive or not, notice where their hands are. Notice which hands they're gesturing. Practice that skill so you can pick those things up easily. That's all I have for you guys this week. As, as always, you can reach me via email, senselianelli at gmail.com. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram. I'm at sensei underscore Leonelli. On Facebook, I'm sensei James Leonelli. You can find my school online at tskSmithtown.com. We are on Twitter and Instagram at tsmma underscore Smithtown. On Facebook, we're at facebook.com slash tigershulmansmithtown. Find the podcast at, on Instagram at tsmithtownpodcast. Find out more about the Tiger Shulmans organization as a whole at tsk.com. And until next time, I'll see you guys on the mat.